This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. Welcome to another edition of the DLU Podcast brought to you by Believe Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis, and I am actually doing this episode from sunny California. Well, not so sunny California, but I'm here in Los Angeles for WrestleMania week. I am actually covering the event. I'm as part of the media representing the DLU Podcast along with Believe Network. So I want to thank Believe Network for, again, bringing me on to their team, but then also WWE giving me the green light to... um, be part of the media and covering the biggest event of the year that that is wrestlemania which is taking place this weekend only on the peacock network outside of the u.s of course the wwe network but this past weekend man um the ecwa event for the uh, super eight tournament um congratulations to joey ace on winning that tournament um he's one of the hardest working dudes in the biz and um, I'm hoping, you know, one of the big companies signs him because he definitely deserves it. You know, it was overall good, good, you know, good event. You know, they, they paid homage to the legends of ECWA, you know, so it was nice to, you know, to, to, to mingle with them, you know, before the show, get to know them. And it was pretty special, I think. Um, also to Bob Ortiz, who was their legendary ring announcer. He actually served, uh, did ring announcing duties on, on Saturday night while I did some other stuff during the show, too. So... If you were to look up Premier Network, that's where you can actually see ECWA's events on Premier Network. But man, let me tell you, this morning, I mean, well, let's just let's go back to yesterday. Um, well, Tuesday, rather. I was on Wheel of Fortune, and uh, my episode aired, and I went to a sports bar to watch it. And, you know, so a few people came out, so a huge kudos to Amanda, Meredith, uh, Julian, uh, B- Belinda, and their son Jace for coming out and supporting me, and to, for everyone on social media that supported me and um, throughout this whole process of me being on Wheel of Fortune, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed, and I definitely appreciate it. You know, all the love and support you all had given me, but I barely got any sleep last night. I had an early, early morning flight. And obviously, you know, I'm cr- flying across country, so you can just imagine how tired I am right now. But like I said, I promised you all I was going to bring you a show every single Thursday, no matter where I'm at, in, in, you know, in the country or in the world. Wherever I'm at, I will deliver a show to you. But anyways, I have this week, 
I have a recording artist. His name is Rest BX. He's from the Bronx. Um, one of the up and coming hip hop artists, you know, in the game right now. Um, he actually did a record with um, the late great big pun son Chris Rivers. And we talk about that a little bit. We talk about just his his life, you know, being a family man and trying to make it in this music industry. And let's not wait any longer. My interview with Rest BX starts right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, right now I have straight out of the Bronx, South Bronx, New York, hip hop recording artist, Res BX. Thank you so much for giving us your time here on the d podcast. How are you, bro? Yes, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you having me. No doubt. No doubt, man. So let's let's get into the interview. And again, we we met um, a while back, you know, in Miami and um, I saw you perform and I was I was blown away by your presence, your energy and everything, man. You're a really good dude. So. Like I guess I wish you all, you know, the best, you know, from now and, and to forever. But let's talk about the pandemic for just a second. I know for a lot of creatives, I know it was a, it was a really difficult time for some. So I just wanted to get from B, from Rest BX's perspective as far as how did you navigate through the pandemic right off the bat? Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. It was pretty tough for me because I had just spent about almost two years wrapping up a project. Mm-hmm. And and I had put the project out probably within a month of Corona hitting. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. So it was kind of because I had a whole, you know, press run I wanted to do. I wanted to do South by Southwest and A3C. I had, you know, different shows lined up. And, you know, so that kind of, you know, I was a little I, I wouldn't say discouraged. It just let me down a lot because I put so much time into that project. Mm-hmm. And I. Uh, you know, you know, it just sucks that, you know, the pandemic hit and it's like, we can't do here. We are stuck in the house. We can't do nothing. You know what I mean? So I had to really uh, get my online marketing skills on the best way that I could to, you know, to promote the project. And um, just life in general, I think with the pandemic, man, it was just, you know, it was an adjustment. You know, uh, you know, we had to, uh, you know, do a lot. You know, I think it just gave us more uh, sense of what to be grateful for and mm-hmm. appreciate the more, more little things in life. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's one of the main things I gained from the pandemic is just, you know, you appreciate just being able to go to the store and, you know what I mean? And just, the, the simple know, things. <laughs> yeah, the simple things, you know, you had people out there going crazy over toilet paper, you know what I mean? It was right. Just, yeah. So it was, just, it just gave me more appreciation for life. For sure, man. And, uh, just experiencing all that myself and just like realizing like, this is real life right now. And it was, it was huge adjustment for, like I said, for me too, just being able as far as like how to promote, how to use social media in, in the correct way, you know what I mean? To, to get ourselves out there for sure. Now let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about your life growing up, you know, in the Bronx, New York city, what was what was it like what what was it like for you, Respiax, growing up in the Bronx? I mean, it was um I'm not gonna sit here and say it was peaches. It was tough, man. I had, you know, uh, you know, I grew up my stepfather, my my father was in and out of my life, but my stepfather was there to a sense and um he was actually in a rap group. So I kind of watched him, you know, through the whole uh cut and demo process, you know, as they used to do oh, before. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that's you know that on on the music side, I picked up a lot from him as far as learning what to do, what not to do, you know. But um, just the, the streets in general in Bronx, in the Bronx, can be rough, you know. If you don't, 
have the proper guidance and the proper, uh, you know, uh, how you say the proper people around you, just, you know, giving you some, telling you what to do, uh, you know, it can eat you up sometimes, you know, and, um, you know, I, you know, I, I I did get incarcerated at a young age, you know, I was incarcerated at 14, um, you know, and that did taught, that taught me a lot early in my life. Uh, thank God I haven't back since then. And, um, you know, I feel like God put me there for a reason at that age to learn, you know, early in my life. And, uh, but yeah, man, the Bronx can be tough, man. And I just, you know, I think it's it's even more tough now. You know, I, th- I think now with these young kids, uh, just, you know, they're just doing senseless things without, you know, even thinking about the consequences. And, um, you know, and I, and, you know, I think we all like that at, at very young ages, you know, sometimes we're just acting on impulse. We're not caring what the consequence is. And, uh, you know, but as far as the Bronx, man, it, it, you know, it can be rough, man. You know, there's, there's, it, it has its moments, but, uh, you know, it may be the man I am today. For sure, for sure, man. Now, I know you said, you mentioned that, you know, your stepfather, you know, was into music and everything as far as your first exposure to music. But what what was the first artist that was out there mainstream-wise that made you really get into music, like, when you were really young? Oh, man, believe it or not, man, when I was coming up, believe it or not, I was a big, and it's just good, I was a big Tupac fan, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I used to love Tupac, and, um, but... At the same time, my stepfather, he would be the type, he'll come home with different CDs for me. Like, <clears throat> I remember one of my birthdays, I got a, uh, a Wu-Tang Forever CD, uh, the double disc when it first yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a gift for me. And that was, you know, of course, Wu-Tang was a big influence. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Big Pun, you know, being from the Bronx, Fat Joe, those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Terror Squad. Terror Squad, exactly. Because, you, you know, I think when you see anybody where you from make it out or you know do good better themselves in life regardless whether it's rap or whatever field i think it just gives you more motivation as you know to do better with your life and gives just sparks more you know that hey i can make it as well you know if he did it i can do it you know exactly i mean me from being from newark new jersey i mean there was a lot of um actors um actresses and recording artists that was nearby too that was out there obviously nobody by nature there was the next city over in east orange so they were big. Queen Latifah was from from EO and Irvington things. She, you know, they were all in the in the neighborhood. They were all all over. So it really gave someone like myself from Newark hope to saying, you know what, man, if they can do it, I can do it too. You know. So I totally get exactly what you're talking about. Now, when was it though that it really hit you when you say, you know what, man? I'm going to go out here. I'm going to be a recording artist. When was, when was that moment that you made up in your mind that this was, this was going to be the path that you were going to, you were going to, um, and, you know, travel to. I think it's when I first got released from, uh, incarceration. I was, uh, I was about 17 going on 18 and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we would just first we'll be on a block freestyling, you know, just, just ciphers. And yeah. then, uh, after that, then it was like my boy was like, "Yo, let's get us, let's get serious with this and just go, just go, let's go to the studio, book a session." Then I booked my first session. I was about eighteen, and uh, you know, I just I've been recording ever since then, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's pretty much what sparked it. You know, I mean, I do, I do have, believe it or not, I got a rap when I was like uh, recorded when I was about five or six that my one of my uncles has. So I've been saving that for like a major, you know, <laughs> uh, Lord willing, I make it. You know, we, 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 we take this thing to to a, to a higher place. I always I, I always said I'm going to use that as an intro to 
like my album album you know what i mean like i think it's cool i was rapping at like five or six but um but yeah man um i would say about 18 is when i went to my first like official recording studio and then ever since then i've been hooked you know i put a few mixtapes out a few projects out but yeah that was that was the start of it Okay, so you, you talk about the mixtape. So obviously during that time, this was before SoundCloud. This was before a lot of these streaming, you know, outlets were out at the time. So take me through the mixtape um, process as far as getting it out there. You know, were you selling it to, like, you know how it is, you know, I, I know coming up in Newark, you know, there'll be a lot of mixtapes being sold five dollars here or whatever you know you hop on whether it was dj andy or that they were doing a lot of mixtapes at the time or whatever the case so how are you getting some of your mixtapes out there to the public um sort of my first mixtape uh was uh hosted by dj v12 he was a uh a dipset dj actually okay and i got introduced to him from an engineer in the bronx so he he hosted my first mixtape, which was called Mr. Pyrex. And we put that out on a uh, Dat Piff. I don't know if you're familiar with Dat Piff when Dat Piff was like, it, it's kind of like a my mixtapes, mm -hmm. but uh, we put it on Dat Piff and um, I did both. So that was where it was on. That was for, as far as the uh, digital where you can get it digitally was at uh, Dat Piff. And then I went up and I printed up about, you know, a, a, a thousand or two copies. You know, I, I did, I did like a whole merch deal with the guy at the time. We did, you know, we printed up uh, shirts, sweaters, uh, uh, copies of the CDs. And then we went out and, you know, we just, uh, we did it independently, man. You know, we was out the trunk with it. We, uh, you know, we, we did great on that project. You know, I got, a, uh, you know, locally, I got a lot of recognition from it. And uh, yeah, that was the, uh, that was the first mixtape. Wow, you know it's funny. Like when you when when I hear people talk about you know selling out of the back of your trunk, I think about M Master P when he was selling. Yeah. I'm about it out of his, out of the back of yeah. his trunk. You know what I mean? When and that was the real hustle back then. You know when when you really when it was the or that was the real organic outreach to people wanting to really hear your music because there was no social media where things can go viral. You know when if some if it's really really hot. You know, so I yeah. think. The, you know, you're coming up in that era where it was kind of the tail end, you know what I mean, of the the real grind and hustle of, you know, getting it out to the people rather than send it, sending a link. You had to literally like print up, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, the you know CDs and, and, and all these different type of things, you know, with T-shirts and to your point, sweaters and sweatshirts and everything to really get it out there. So I applaud yeah. you for taking the leap of faith and believing in yourself, betting on yourself, you know, to... Yeah. To really get that out there. So regarding your actual first record that you actually released, let's talk, let's take me through that in regards to the process of saying, all right, we're about to really, you know, get onto some of these platforms here and there, or whatever. What was that like getting your first record out there? Okay, the uh, first record, uh, believe it or not, the first record, because so when I released Mr. Pyrex, we was in the midst, like you said, we I feel like we was at a transition where, you know, with the iTunes and the, I don't even know if Spotify was really uh, hitting yet, but I don't Not know. Quite. iTunes, yeah, I I know iTunes was there. So, uh, but we are uh, released. We actually did the title track from the mixtape, which was called Mr. Pyrex. We shot a video for that. We released that on all platforms. That was actually my first uh, video. And then we did a, we followed up with another one called I'm the next me, 
which was a, you know, kind of an inspirational song, just motivating people to be themselves, you know, like, you know, don't, you know, it's, it's cool to be the next Jordan, to be the next uh, Ali, to be the next Tupac, Biggie, whoever, you know, you look up to, but, you know, it's, it's cool. It's good to introduce, as you introduce yourself as I'm the next me, you know, I'm me, I'm Eric Flores. I'm the next Eric Flores. I want to be the next big thing, you know? Right. So that was, uh, so those two singles we put out, um, and those were both first on the uh, Miss uh, Mr. Pyrex mixtape, and um, you know it was it was a learning process, man, because you know at the time I'm a guy fresh out, I don't know nothing about recording like that as far as professionally, and right, we actually right. released the whole like I would say the whole mixtape was probably unmixed, unmastered. I didn't know what. Oh, a okay. Yeah, yeah. So this was like super raw. And, um, you know, then it took and then, uh, you know, a couple of records. And when we had put it out, he's like, yo, bro, you didn't get any of this mix. One of my friends, like, yo, Matt, I'm like, I'm like, what is that? You know what I mean? But Right, right. Uh, but it was a learning process. You know what I mean? It was a learning right. process. And that was going to be my next question, actually, is like, what were some of the what were some of your biggest challenges you faced as a as a recording artist, whether it was in the beginning, you know, or even even these days? What are some of those challenges you've had you did you face? Um, I would say the biggest challenge now, well, uh, I would say I'm gonna go with now. Um, it's just, uh, you know, figuring out, you know, the income part as far because you know, we put a lot of money into make, uh, to, you know, to record exactly. studios, purchasing beats, paying for videos, paying for trips to different states to promote ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just balancing how to, you know, make a profit with your music and own and, and, and own as much as myself as I can, you know? And um, that's where, you know, the debate with, uh, you know, independent or I would say trying to stay, or trying to get signed is, but I'm at the stage now where I'm like just fully convinced where, you know, I can do it independently. And, you know, I just have to market myself correctly and put myself around the, you know, the proper uh, promotional teams. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like that can be a benefit for myself uh, right now and I feel like that's the challenge right now you know the challenge is just promoting you know marketing myself the right way making sure that you know I put money into myself where I'm going to see results you know because I'm pretty sure you as well over the years you know you, you're at this promotion uh, promotional person's asking for money and promising you hey I can do this and x and y and z and nothing gets done you know what I mean it's like you know uh, so just you know uh, making sure my money goes well spent and promoting myself and marketing myself you know you're right man i think right now a lot of us um independent artists are at that crossroads of like do i stay independent because there's the pros and cons of independent and then there's also pros and cons of getting signed you know what i mean yeah. and you alluded to it when you said how owning as much as yourself as you possibly can because yeah there's and from a creative perspective because of course when you get signed now you're talking about well, where does the label want me to go? Where does you know what I mean? So that's where I think the yeah. the crossroads are at, and I think a lot of t- a lot of times a lot of independent artists have to really make that conscious decision on whether or not you know. Well, I could you know obviously when you got the machine behind you, of course you know there's going to be perks when it comes with that because they're going to take care of that marketing for you. You know if especially when you're hot and you might get a billboard in Times Square, a big billboard in Times Square. I'll never forget. In 2016, when I was in Times Square, and I think that's when Rihanna's anti-album had came out. And I mean, they got this huge billboard. And I mean, it was like it was the um 
I forgot the material of it, but it was on the side of a building. And I was like, I can't even imagine how much that costs to rent <laughs> per day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not the digital ones. I'm talking about the ones you have to hang from the side of a building. Oh, wow. Wow. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was incredible. And, I, and, and, and even then, because I was starting my music career at that point, and I'm just thinking like, how much is that costing the record label per day to do yeah. that? You know? Yeah. Could. Yeah. yeah that's, so artists like that, that's millions. Yeah. But yeah that's but millions. Can, of, yeah. We're talking, we're talking big yeah. budget. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would say money, marketing, and mouthpiece when it comes to when it comes to the labels, the three M's. You know, yeah. so that so, so that's the so I, I'm glad you brought that up and, and really brought that to light because it's so so true. Now, what have you learned being in the industry that people should know? Um, I, uh, like I said, that goes back. Own, own yourself. Uh, learn as much as far as uh, owning yourself, copywriting your name, and uh llcing if you know if you if you're trying to start up a label or a company make sure you get an llc for that you know trademarking logos uh you know just uh being hands-on more with the business especially for the younger artists now because i feel like a lot of the younger artists you know sometimes they might luck up with a hit record or they they have this sitting on a couple of few hits then they got the, the label waving this million dollar check in front of their face and it sounds so good at the moment you know, you're just like you're going with the flow. And then, you know, a year or two down the line, you're you're screaming about your contract, you know, and I think you have to analyze all this stuff ahead of time and don't get so blindsided by the money and the lights at first, you know, because, uh, and, and, you know, sometimes some of these guys, we know big artists, um, you know, they, they don't you know, they don't get their business right till they're, you know, 10, sometimes 15 years into the game. And that's when they start really start to make more money as if they if they would have came and owning themselves a little bit more, you know, they wouldn't be complaining. So I would just say stay conscious of your business, stay conscious of what you sign. And like I said, and, and I'm gonna keep reiterating, just own as much as yourself as you can, because you know, when you sign those contracts, there's a lot of fine print that you that you need to know about. This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, Flavors are colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. Definitely, definitely. Now let's 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 bring it over to the music music side. I know we talked a little bit about the business. How would you describe your style? And also, the, the second part of that question is, where does your music fit in the realm of hip hop today? Okay, um, that's a good question. Um, I feel um, myself. I feel I can be versatile um, as, as far as uh, music is concerned because I do have you know I have records that's you know. Sing, I have singing records. I have 
the hardcore rap records that you know that I, that's the essence of hip hop, which I'm that's like my comfort. I'm not gonna lie, it's my comfort zone because I come from that. You know, I right, grew up right. and um, but in today's in today's realm of music, um, I'm trying to forward this. Yeah, uh, you still with me? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. And today's music, I just feel like I can be versatile. You know, I've done drill records. I've done, you know, uh, like I said, stuff stuff with auto-tune and stuff like that. And just, uh, I feel like, you know, you just got to keep reinventing yourself, but stay true to yourself, if that makes sense. Yes. So that's that's what I try to do when I'm doing my music. I try to just stay true to myself, but don't be afraid to experiment and try new sounds, you know, and I look, I look at the, all the greats that, you know, the biggies, the Jay-Z's of the world, these guys were able to trap, to tap into different dimensions of rap. You know, you had Biggie do a song with Bone Thugs, then you had him do a song with Michael Jackson at the same time. So it's like, you know, you got to be able to say, if you're, if you're going to be a great artist, I feel like you have to tap into different realms. And I feel like I can tap into those different realms and um, be great at the same time. And that's where it really happens, you know, when it, when it, when you're going from a rapper to a, to an artist. That's the you know what I mean. Like I look at Lil Wayne, he's an artist. I look at Drake, he's an artist. Because look at if you listen to Drake's his first record, his first album that came out in 2010, and you and you fast forward the clock all the way to now, a totally different guy. Yeah, yeah. Because he was I, able I, to do this the entire way, you know what I mean. And I think you evolve, you know. Because sometimes people say, "Oh, why? Why doesn't he sound like the, uh, the like Jay Z? Why doesn't he sound like Reasonable Doubt?" Jay, you just you just reach different moments in your life and you evolve. You know, you're gonna you don't know how you're gonna be living two years. You might have a whole new perspective on life a year or two, two, three years from now. Right. And you know, that's of course I think you know that's gonna affect the way you make music and what you, what you say out of your mouth. So you know, I just sometimes you just gotta appreciate. You know, that's why music is art. You know, it's like, you know, Picasso is never gonna paint the same exact painting twice in a row. You know what I mean? It might be similar, might look the same, but it's gonna be a different work of art. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember when um five years ago when Jay Z dropped the four 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 album. And yeah. there's a lot of mixed reviews about it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Jay-Z is one of the greatest artists of all time. His his catalog speaks for itself. His work, the all the all the things that he's put in. And one of the comments I kept hearing is, oh, he's not talking about the same stuff anymore. I'm like, well, at this stage in his life, he shouldn't be. <laughs> you exactly. Know what I mean? like, exactly. You shouldn't be. Exactly. Like if you if you view life at 50 the way you did at 20, then you haven't really grown. You know, exactly. so exactly. I think people were totally missing the boat on that and realizing that he's talking from a perspective of an almost 50 year old man at that time. Yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And I and just the this the the gems that he was just dropping throughout the entire album. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. And I think we and I think we need more of that. And I think we need yeah. to there needs to be more embracing of the the old guard. As yeah. well as the new school, you know what I mean. That's why I feel that people should really embrace that more because I think sometimes, sometimes some music fans want to push them out the pasture, which and that shouldn't really be because yeah. I think you need to preserve that. The foundation yeah. will always be there, you know what I mean, and they, exactly. and they need to keep that. Yeah, I agree, man. I think you know it's just it's tough today though sometimes because I think now 
we're so uh, well i'm gonna say the youth the young guys are so drawn to the negativity now it's like if you're talking anything positive it's like you know they're shrugging it off and it's just hard to you know to 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 come at somebody just strictly positive you know what i mean because it's just like you know it's like it's just the ignorance and just you know not knowing you know and um you know, I, I do feel I, that's that's the sad thing I, I would say about I feel about rap today and hip hop is like, you know, sometimes we're just afraid to learn new things or accept certain things. And we're just stuck, you know, on the ignorance and the mm-hmm. and all, the, you know, the negativity. And, um, you know, that's why I tell, you know, my son, he raps as well. And I tell him, you know, open your mind, man. You know, he's into the whole drill wave. He does drill music. But I say, yo, bro, you can't, you know, you got to think music change. Sometimes music, the sound of music changes every two, three years. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're in a whole, we're, I, in my opinion, uh, we're at, you know, we're, I, I feel like we're like maybe a year more of with the drill stuff than we're going to be on to the next thing. Right. So you don't, you don't want to get caught up in just doing one sound of music. And then when we're, when the whole world's listening to this, are you still going to be doing that? Or are you going to be able to adapt and evolve and, you know, switch up your flow and make different kind of music. You know, longevity. That's the that's the that's the name of the game. It's exactly. the name of the game. Now, exactly. I had the opportunity to listen to some of your records. I mean, I actually I saw you perform in Miami, and I, again, great job. But um, Thank there you. was a track called Balboa that you did with Chris mm-hmm. Rivers, who is the son of the the late great hip hop artist, uh, Big Pun. Shout yes. out to uh, Big Pun. I, I miss. I, I still miss him, man. Great, yeah. and there were so many similarities with Joe and pun that and with you and, and Chris Rivers talk about working with him and how, and what that experience was like. Oh man, that was dope, man. Um, at the time, you know, I, cause I don't really work with too many, well, I haven't worked with any too many other rappers. And I was like, you know what? I seen uh Chris doing his thing. And, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of his work as far as, you know, and I did, you know, I know everybody, I noticed the similarities, in voice of to his father as well mm-hmm. and you know i just reached out man i reached out to his manager which was scorp at the time and um you know uh i sent the beat he's like yo i got you on 48 hours and 48 hours he had the verse and uh once we got once i heard it um i was like i actually believe it or not my second verse was a different verse so when I heard his verse, I said, no, I can't, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta yeah, yeah. I said, I gotta, I gotta revise this second one. You know what I mean? So yeah, you have to, I, yeah. So I did the second one and then, you know, we set up the video Well, we did a video in a, you know, in a box, we got a video out there. It's in a boxing gym. And, um, you know, I do have one regret with the song, believe it or not. It was just, I felt like I did it. I was a little bit too explicit because I had so many people that loved the song, but I couldn't market it properly because of, you know, the, the explicitness that I was using in the song, as far as, you know, I was, you know, I was like, you know, there was a line of F the cops in there and, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So, but I just knew it could, I could have took it more avenues had I did a, a cleaner version and marketed it in a different way. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, you live and you learn. I'm proud of the record, though. Till this day, uh, you know, I get compliments on it. People working out at the gym, yo, I throw that on when I'm in the gym. It gets me hype. It gets me going. And uh, but yeah, man, it was a it was a beautiful experience, man. I'm looking to work with him again too. That's awesome, man. I, and heck, I would love to talk to Chris. You know what I mean? I would really love to talk to him as yeah. far as 
his, yeah. as far as his career and everything is concerned. Now, let's discuss, you know, the production side of things. Let's talk about some of the producers that you've worked with and some of the great experiences you had with them. You can name a few. Okay. Um, I got there's a guy called uh, King York out of the Bronx, mm-hmm. uh, Triangle Recording Studios. He's a uh, he's Grammy nominated. Um, I've worked with uh, So Special Beats. He's a uh, a lot of producers I've been working with now. They're out of Germany, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, his So Special Beats, uh, Boger Beats. You know, these guys' resumes, you know, you can go from your Pop Smokes to your uh, Styles, P of the Locks, or Jada Kiss. Um, they've worked with um, uh, uh, quite a few, man. Uh, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of uh, producers, you know, and uh, these guys, do. you know, they have resumes, you know. Sometimes you, you, you'll be surprised. Uh, J1 Inc., I've worked with him. He's another producer. Um, it's, yeah, it's... it's uh, it's quite a few, man. But uh, I would say right now, as far as even on my next project, So Special Beats and uh, Boger Beats, um, they got a, a bulk of the production on the project. Um, and yeah, man, that's who, I, that's who I'm working with right now. Awesome, awesome. And, uh, oh, and I'm going to cut you off. The guy who did the uh, King York was the guy who did the uh, the Balboa beat. He produced oh, okay. The, got that it. Was, that was uh, King York who did that beat as well. You, yeah. you talked about Pop Smoke, and there is an um there is a track on your Arm and ha- Arm and Hammer album called Pop Smoke. Talk a little bit about that and what and what that means to you. Um, that one that was inspired. Believe it or not, that was inspired by my son. That's my actually my son on the record rapping with us. Uh, that's uh, uh, that was uh, he was sixteen at the time. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that was more like a drill record we had did, and um, it was a uh, probably I would say. I mean, a month or two after uh, Pop Smoke had passed. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, let me just, that'll be my, like, kind of my homage to him. You know, I did like, I listened to his music. I was digging this, the album that they released after after his untimely uh, death. And, um, yeah, that was actually, I want to say that was like my first drill record, if I'm not mistaken. Me actually doing a drill record. Okay. And, uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, and that one's, uh, that's, uh, that, and that as well, that's a, be produced by us so special <clears throat> yep. gotcha gotcha now what gives you inspiration when you're writing and, and you know we could you know we can go deep into that what's the mindset you know when you're you're in you know when you got the pen and the pad what's giving you inspiration um i feel like nowadays i'm writing off of my mood a lot i find myself writing off of my mood a lot Mm-hmm. So if I'm, you know, there were times when I would go to the studio and I'll book a, I'll book a eight hour session and I'll have a whole, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that I'm rushing and trying to get all this work done recording. Now it's more of me pacing myself, feeling the music more because I feel like, you know, the best music, you don't, you don't want to rush the music. No. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. You're right. So I, now I find myself taking more time with it. You know, I'm not, you know. Don't get me wrong, I you know we can, I can put something together quick, but sometimes I like to take my time with it because I feel like it's it comes out you know it's uh it comes out you know just I always marking myself as timeless, so I'm just trying to put timeless music out there. I don't want to put something that's out that's you know good for a week or two and then we're on to the next. I try to put something with longevity where you know a lot of times I might have a song that might be a year or two old. I play it for somebody. They think I just got out the studio yesterday with it, you know? And, um, 
that's basically where I find myself in the writing process now, just going off of my mood, taking my time with it, uh, perfecting it, and, uh, you know, just trying to put some uh, time, trying to put timeless pieces of work out there, you know, that can, like you said, I'm just, I'm just trying to be great musically and have music that just can stand the test of time where I, I can listen to this 5, 10, 20 years from now, and it's still knocking, you know, right. still got a vibe to and uh yeah, that's how I go about my now. Right, right, right. Now, the art of freestyle, do you think it's still is it is it a lost art? Or do you still feel that you know there are some out there that, that can still do it? Because again, I know a lot of the a lot of the the OGs and they they, they can uh, you give them a beat and they can go if you listen to Shade 45 or if you listen to you know any of the yeah, any of the yeah. uh hip hop stations I mean, they can go but do you do you feel that it's that's something that's going away and it's uh, I feel like freestyle and that I would go back even to probably early 2000s mid 2000s I feel like that's when we had the emergence of just maybe remembering a hot 16 or remembering a hot 32 and not actually freestyle. But I feel like the greats, you know, we can, you can, you can do at moments when you're needed to do, you can do it, you know, you can, uh, but I feel it is in regards to your question. I think it is a loss. Because I mean, if we turn on some of the major platforms as far as, far as freestyling, as far as, uh, as far as bars on I-95, as far as uh, Hot 97, uh, Funk Flex, and or, or L.A. Leakers in L.A., mm-hmm. um, a lot of these are pre, pre-written raps just memorized. You know what I mean? And I've, you know, unless a guy's actually, you know, some of those rare freestylers where you got a guy rapping about something in the room <laughs> or, like, what the other guy, what the interviewer is wearing... A lot of this stuff is just pre is pre written and is just memorized, and I I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Because you know I just you know I I you know as as long as your you know your 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 rhymes are original, they're yours. You know um, I don't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? I just it's I guess it's just maybe the the evolution of freestyling. You know what I mean? If you right. want to call it that, but uh. In terms of like strictly off the top, I, yeah, I would say we definitely we're gearing off that, or we have geared off that, you know. But you do, like you said, you do have your OGs and your your rare guys that can just do it, like you know. And those guys are blessed, you know what I mean? Right. Now, what is something yeah, that people will be surprised to know about you? Oh, let me see. Uh... You know what people are surprised about? I'm just give a shout out to my children. I have a lot, I have ten beautiful children. So when I say people, when they say, "Oh, rest, you got ten kids," and they're like that, that blows their mind. So that might they might not know that about me. But yeah, my kids. I have a lot of children. I have ten kids. Um, that's one of my things. That's you know, no matter what in the area, if I'm talking music, hey, you know, how many kids you got? Oh, oh shit, you got ten. Oh, excuse my language, sorry. Yeah. That's but, uh, yeah uh, that's one of the things that shocks people. <laughs> yeah. And how long I've been doing music. Like when I tell people, hey, I've been, I got raps out there when I was five years old and I've been doing this for, you know, taking it serious for the last 10, 12 years. That blows their mind too as well. <sighs> okay. Now, before we get out of here, um, if you can give the people 
your social media website and all the ways they can get in they can uh, keep up with respx and see what's going on with you man keep up with, with your movement yeah check you can follow me on uh instagram at respx that's r-e-s-t-b-x um that's the youtube follow me on youtube as well r-e-s-t-b-x you can get all the latest content videos on there um as far as uh uh streaming platforms as far as apple your spotify as your titles uh, uh type in rest but uh you spell it with a dollar sign so that's r-e dollar sign t and everything will pop up if you want to listen to me on apple music spotify uh and all the streaming platforms and yeah that's man that's how you can uh that's how you can check me out okay and what's the one record you would say if 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 someone listened to this episode that they they're just getting to know you now but What's the one record you will recommend them listening to to really get to know RespiX? Um, I would say, man, uh, to really get to know me, I would say, uh, hey, let's check out that Balboa, man. Balboa featuring Chris Rivers. That's that's you know that's the essence. If you're if you're just looking to hear me and my roots and uh, what I'm bred from, you know, if you're looking to you know that hardcore uh, Bronx sound, uh, which which I come from. You can, you know, and you appreciate lyricism and you appreciate, uh, you know, just metaphors and dope rap. Um, you can listen to that, man. And, you know, we, uh, you know, and we have all those, we have, you know, we have other tracks as well, you know, where we are not as super lyrical, but you still, you know, you still get a feel from where I'm at. Um, check out Outside, too, featuring Joker the Bully. That's one of the newest, you know, we did a whole cinematic screenplay uh, on that on that record. You can check Outside featuring Joker the Bully. That's on all uh, streaming platforms as well. Check out the video on YouTube. I think we're at like 30,000 views, 25 or 30K right now, something like that. I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, you can check out those two records. You can, you know, get a feel for me. Um, you know, we do have records for the ladies as well. You can check out Meditation. It's called, I got a record called Meditation. Uh, and yeah, man, you can, um, you can just, you know, go on a, a YouTube channel, Rest BX. You know, and if you're just looking to, uh, you know, get in tune with me and my music, man, check out the videos. I'm pretty sure there's something in there you can vibe to. And, uh, you know, give me a follow, you know, give me a download. It's much appreciated, you know. Well, Rest, um, again, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you, you know, come on to this episode of the DLU podcast, you know, taking the time out of your busy schedule. You know, you're, you're a very busy man. But um, I look forward to seeing your growth as an artist as a human being and much success for you in the future, man. Hey man, d I appreciate you, man. Um, thank you for having me. More success to you and your podcast and you and your artistry. Um, your, your career, man, the sky's the limit, brother. Uh, you know, let's, let's continue to build, keep in contact, man. And, uh, thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm very appreciative, man. And, um, I just want to see us all win, man. And, uh, you know, let's grow. Let's win. Let's go, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the D-Loop Podcast. Again, I want to thank RestBX for taking the time out of his schedule to come talk to us about all aspects of his music career. And again, as always, I wish him nothing but the best. Um, in regards to this show, you know, this this show doesn't happen without you. So, I again, I'm appreciative for those of you that, that are sticking with me. And listening to this show, plugging it wherever you can, you know, I, I definitely appreciate it for sure. But 
for those that uh, and this is a free plug for WWE. Yeah, I don't care. But again, watch WrestleMania this weekend. Like seriously, if you don't have the Peacock Network, I definitely encourage you to get the Peacock Network if they have a trial or whatever. Definitely watch WrestleMania this weekend. This is the biggest event of the year, and it's really cool. You know the fact that you know I actually get to be a part of it as a part of the media. You know what I mean? So I, I get to see. You know, I'll be there. You know, amongst I don't know. I can imagine it's probably ninety thousand people probably each night. So I'm interested to see how everything's going to pan out with all of these matches, and hopefully my Wheel of Fortune tag team partner Sonya Deville. Gets the dub this weekend in her Fatal 4-Way tag team match. She's teaming up with Chelsea Green. And um, I hope she uh, she does well. But you can follow me on all of my social media. So that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, at the Real DT Lou. Um, Facebook is uh, Derek T. Lewis official page. You can also go to my store, my merchandise store for hoodies and t-shirts at shop.derektlewis.com. Well, I'm going to get out of here and get back to my WrestleMania week media duties. And again, no matter what you do in life, always remember to make it count. Take care, guys.